0: Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get
1: the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit.
0: <laughs> this is Uncharted. <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, family members, boys and girls of all shapes, ages, sorts and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, the host of the world-renowned, famous Uncharted podcast, And boy, do we have a humdinger of an episode for you this week. We have got Dave Herrera, for starters. He's got a song called My First 69, which he discusses a classic Chevelle that he purchased in ruins and restored himself and about the feelings it gave him putting it all together. So we talk about that and a whole lot more. We have a young lady that's 20 years old. She's in a band called GFM. For those of you that are inquiring, that stands for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, if you don't know what that is, ask your grandmother because that's probably some of the perfume that she wears. Frankincense and myrrh, I think they're perfumes. There's something. There's there's something that smells good. They're oils, gold. It's what Jesus got when he was in a manger. Uh, Very uh, great wordplay for a uh, Christian beauty core, as they call it, hardcore metal esque band and she is vocals and bass they have a new single a new music video check it out on youtube called where were you so we're going to look forward to talking to them and a whole lot more this week's been kind of a bummer for me i uh, lost uh i didn't lose him um i never got to meet him roger hawkins of the swampers and the muscle shoals rhythm section uh playing at fame studios and then later became the proprietor of muscle shoals sound He played drums in studio on Aretha Franklin's Respect, which is there's a movie coming out about that soon in August. He played on Mustang Sally. Uh, He played on uh, Kodachrome by Paul Simon. He was the one that originated the whole uh, cardboard box sound that. But anyway, probably to me the greatest studio musician that ever lived. Now, Hal Blaine is in that discussion, but Roger Hawkins, to be as young as he was and to be a young fellow from Alabama, the Lay drums was some of the greatest tracks in the history of modern recorded music, passed away. Uh, one of my dearest regrets, one of my biggest, is I never got to interview him, and now it's not from lack of pursuit. I <laughs> asked everybody for his number, his information, mailed him letters, emailed him. Uh, just fell ill in recent years and never got the opportunity so it kind of bothered me but the next time uh, Arlie and I go back to Muscle Shoals as we are going to start frequenting there we'll go visit his grave and I'll talk to him then so rest in peace Roger Hawkins and with that being said uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you keep listening uh, I'm going to keep going so uh, let's get her started. First up on Uncharted this week, we have got Dave Herrera talking about his song, his new single, my first sixty nine and a whole lot more in his life in pursuit of the art of music that's coming up right now on uncharted dave i mean you're you're a talented man you uh, you're a man of many talents and um, first of all, really enjoyed. This video, uh, my first six nine, because the Chevelle is also near and dear to my heart. Um, like I said, the music video very well put together, uh, production, direction, of the cast. Um, let's 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 talk about this this new summer anthem and uh, the origin story and all that, if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely. Um, so so basically, the concept behind this song was uh, my first car. I still have it. Um, when we bought, when my mom bought it for me, it was sitting under a tree across from my great aunt and uncle's property. And I just continued to ride my dirt bike up and down my great aunt and uncle's property. And I'd see this old beat up car over there. And, uh, I was 15 years old. And at that time, I really didn't know what that car was, but I knew it looked really cool. So my mom picked it up, bought it for 1200 bucks. And she told me if I get it running, get my license, um, I could drive it to school. So I worked all summer, um, to get my driver's ed certificate and my, uh, and that car running, um, which uh, took a lot of trips to Craig and Auto Parts.
2: <laughs> and,
1: and a lot of phone calls learning about what I need to get in order to get it running. So it didn't have fender wells. It didn't have uh, all the bushings and A-arm uh, ball joints were shot. Everything was shot. The, the engine was, was pretty much toast. All the interior, there's chickens living in it. So I just spent a, spent, a, spent, a lot, spent a lot of time that summer just to barely get it running. I didn't have any backseat in it. didn't have fender wells when I ended up driving it to school that following semester. And uh, just continued to work on it during high school and kept it ever since. And I just thought it would be really important to me since it's near and dear to my heart. And at that time, it meant more to me than uh, anything. Um, I didn't care about going out trying to find girls, going out to the parties, doing whatever. It was just me and the car. And I had to keep the car running in order to get to where I wanted to go. And so I've kept the car kept it since i still have it and that's the car in the video and i just ha- happened to work over yeah. the last many years in order to get some money to put it back into the car and get it to what it looks like today
0: yeah that's sharp that was gonna be my next question because that is a slit car in that video i was gonna ask who, who it belonged to but you just revealed that and good for you i, I bet you don't drive it around too much without somebody making this offer.
1: i actually i don't uh and and uh my wife's always like, you need to get that thing out. I just – it sits in the garage in a cover, and um, and so what I what, what I did recently in the last couple of years, too, is I put it on airbags. I put some airbags on it just to make it fun, you know what I mean? Just to add a little dynamic, too. And then I put some cutoffs, some uh, three-inch cutoffs, so I can open them up when I'm driving down the street, and it just sounds like – it has an open header,
0: <laughs> and it's
1: super – it sounds like a NASCAR when you open up those, those cutoffs, but uh, – I just want to do some do some trick stuff to it and um i, I, I drive it like every six months which I, I should probably get it out like at least once a month and go to coffee for cars or something like that yeah nice that yeah that was going to be a question like um you know uh,
0: custom uh he, uh he has his own band count 77 have you showed it to him or done any collaborations with him
1: with, with dustin hill
0: i uh, know uh the count uh danny coker uh he's got a like he's got a band as well called count seventy seven have you showed him have you made an attempt to put it on his t v show or anything no i
1: uh, is that the gentleman with the longer hair that has the TV show
0: yeah yeah uh-huh
1: no i've i have i have never met him uh don't know him uh never tried to reach out to him cool well he does he does like not
0: music but he does like uh, um had uh, his own YouTube channel where he, like, highlights other people's vehicles. Might to might want to check that out and network with
1: him. He's very approachable. Oh, you know uh, what? That's a good idea. I, yeah. I would have never thought about it. I'd love to.
0: Yeah, and speaking of YouTube, you get a lot of YouTube attention, I see. You've got a lot of clicks. Uh, is this video available for the public
1: yet to enjoy? Uh, not yet. Next, uh, I think uh, Vent Magazine is going to do a premiere next Wednesday, and then uh, we're going to release it on next Friday, May 28th. Uh-huh. Yes, we just – I wanted I, – okay, so the, the kid in the video is yeah. a close, close family friend of ours, and um, he, he was really, like, caught off guard when I was like, I want you in the video, man. I love your hair. Your hair is wild. It's just yeah. – it's so cool, and uh, plus he comes up and rides dirt bikes at the property and stuff, and he said, all right, I'll do it. So I wanted that kid to be me as if I was – you know what I mean? I tried to kind of t- tie it into a little bit of the story uh, and have it follow along with the song. You know what I mean? How I, how I, how, how I, no, the car. Yeah.
0: yeah, the dynamics are great. Even, you know, without giving it away from like the first, um, like couple of bits he got from the one lady, uh, for, for doing a little bit, fun lady.
1: it's like totally. almost, it's almost having a movie, uh, not a music video. So, yeah. So we just, I just, we want to make it kind of tie in and, and, and tell a story. So hopefully it comes across that way when you watch it. Yeah. Well, I feel special. I got to watch it early. I, uh, I don't want to get too much of it, but yeah, I think you did a really good job.
0: Cool. I appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. And then, you know, uh, from that, some of your other videos, which is visiting Nashville, putting in Nashville, do you spend a lot of time here or what are your experiences with that?
1: No, not at all. I've only been in Nashville once and it was September of 2019. And I, I wrote the song after after visiting for my first time because it was just so cool. I mean, when I when my, my, I just thought it was good. when I was going to go to Nashville, it was going to be a lot of people wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats and just totally countryed out. Um, yeah. Um, and and I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a song that kind of has that that clubby vibe, but still has the the country country um, uh, instrumentation, and try to give it a little bit of a vibe on that, and then some of a California feel maybe on, on a vocal or something. So, uh, just try to have fun with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, that's a catchy tune as well And then, then Hollywood songs. It seems like. You've made the most out of COVID, you know, pumping out music like crazy, making videos and everything. Uh, do you have a touring schedule in the works? Uh, we're
1: we're putting some stuff together now. Um, it's just now that people are starting to open back up. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a, We'll have a schedule set in the next couple months. We're releasing. I mean, obviously, my first six nine is going to come out, and then we have we're going to have two on the back burner right after that. And I'm hoping we can go out and start promoting that stuff this summer. Yeah, uh, through live shows. Awesome, yeah, and then you can come down here right in time for like CMA Fest or like Bonnaroo or something, or 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 even the Pilgrimage Fest.
0: I would like performing there.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to. I just yeah, right now I don't have uh, I mean, anything lined up back there, but for, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I talked to the I talked to the Mini, Music City Grand Prix people. They they were ta- they uh. They said they were going to use use the visiting Nashville song on some of their some of their promo stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. I haven't seen yeah. any of it any of it come across yet, but I was going to reach out to them if they had like a, a live music venue or something, and see if we can come out and do a couple songs on on one of the sets or something. Yeah, you you would almost think
0: just about anything we have related to anything, whether it be you know a hockey game, football, or anything, there's always a live band somewhere playing in support of it. So that's probably something that's going to happen for you, I would think.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I hope so. I'd look forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh, and last question for you, and I was intrigued by this, the uh, the personality uh, test you took and it said you were a defender, and uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I was kind of shocked too, um, but it's uh, – yeah, the defender is more of a – it's kind of an introvert. Uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a, a little bit of an introverted way but approaching things very cautiously and it kind of it nailed my personality um, you're, I'm, I'm outgoing but at the same time very cautious and optimistic um, and I, I guess when you walk into a room you kind of try to analyze the whole room real quick and then figure out like stand back and then <laughs> try to, I don't know it, it had this big long expo- explanation about it but if you you get a chance you can go online and I think the personality test is free and you go through and answer a bunch of questions, and then at the end, it gives you your results. And um, if, if you have a chance, you, you and some friends, or girlfriend, or wife, or whatever, should check it out and see see how see how it uh, uh, aligns you with your personality. And I, I thought it was spot on, to be honest with you. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Because, uh, like I said in your bio, it sounds
1: that like that moment kind
0: of like uh, shaped the way you approach things now. So I just thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, so definitely try it sometime because uh, some of my other buddies have never done it. They've done it, and now they're like, I kind of understand myself a little bit better. And yeah. how, and then it also shows you who you relate with really well, too, what other personalities. Nice.
0: I would think mine would be a mixture of Animal from the Muppets and like Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, that's yeah. Great characters. <laughs> Boy, do we have a... Beautycore, hardcore, heavy metal treat for you listeners this week. We have Maggie, vocals and bass player from the band GFM, which, as I said, previously stands for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, Go to your YouTube outlets wherever you view such things and stream things and listen or view their new video, Where Were You? Now, keep in mind, I'm 38 years old, so I don't know all the cool words to say, look at something and enjoy it. So that's the best I'm working with. But anyway, Maggie's up next. She's got a great story. I've got a good head on her shoulders to be only 20 years old and will rock your socks off. So that's on Uncharted. Let's, let's get it going. All right. Well, first of all, you know, thanks for taking the time. I'm really impressed uh, to be as young as you all are, uh, you know, kicking behind in the world of metal, as I call it, but it's beauty core. I've learned. And uh, I'm an older guy, not probably as cool as I should be. Can you fill me in on what beauty core is?
2: <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really know what genre we kind of belonged in. And so at first we were like, Oh yeah, we're rock." We we're like, no, you're not. And they're like, Oh, okay. I guess we're metal. And they're like, no, you're not. And so we just kind of got tired of not fitting into a certain genre. And mm-hmm. So we started joking around, like, oh, aha, we're we beauty core. Like, we wear lipstick on stage, and, like, we wear dresses and all this stuff. And we had, like, started joking about it at a lot of shows and, like, joking with our fans. And some of the bands we were playing shows was, like, that's really cool. You need to, like, run with that. Like, make it a T-shirt or something. And so we, we slapped it on a T-shirt. We threw it on Urban Dictionary. And everyone's like, that's so cool. So now it's kind of tied into this like women's empowerment in like the metal world and the metal industry saying like yeah girls can rock hard too like this is uh, our thing.
0: That's right. You uh you young ladies can rock hard and that's that's what really surprised me because you know watching this video for this brand new song you guys have, I, I see you dressed up like princesses and um you know <laughs> an asshole, and then all of a sudden we've got uh you know metal cheerleaders with like um rock star face paint um and it's just uh it's all i think it's awesome i think it's great so um but i'm glad you coined a phrase that's something i never heard of have you guys trademarked it
2: we initially tried to trademark it but then there was such a like hassle with all of that that i think we just kind of gave up at some point <laughs> and yeah. we're like you know what we've got on the t-shirt we have proof that it's kind of ours, so if someone like tries to I don't know, come at us we'll be like okay whatever <laughs>
0: yeah okay so um and like I said I was mentioning this video which is uh introduced me to you uh where were you uh you know it, it hits really really hard for just three uh three ladies kind of you know playing three instruments it sounds like about 12 people are going <laughs> kind of like gojira uh I thought I mean, what's, what's the story behind this song? Because, I mean, I can just tell, like, in the, in the chorus and the hook there, there's got to be some kind of positive meaning here. So if you could elaborate, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, so we, like, are obviously a Christian, faith-based band, whatever you want to call it. Um. So we try to keep positive messages in our music, whether that's just kind of relating to people and saying, you know, we have struggles, too, and we can get through this together, or bringing that empowering message, like our song of taking over and, like, just lighthearted songs um Uh but with where were you we really wanted to take a second and have like a a serious song because we did lose one of a very close number to us in team gfm to suicide and they were one of the first people to really believe in us and work with us and like say we were going to go places and you know you could see the signs originally but we were so young i don't think we really understood what was going on and then we got the news that he had taken his own life and we knew so many people had experienced the same thing and we wanted to write a song to tell people, you know, like reach out to your friends. You don't know what's going on in people's heads. You don't know when it's going to be too late. And so just that one conversation might end up saving somebody's life. And there's so many people that have come to us and said that they are struggling and, you know, people can't read your minds. And it's something that we've had to learn ourselves. You know, they can't read your mind. They can't tell what you're going through. And it's super, super important that you reach out to get help because that's, Pretty much the only way you really can because, you know, people aren't, like, geniuses. I mean, like, these are super smart people that can't read your mind. They're not telepathic. So you got to let people know what's going on in your head. And it's it's super, super scary. And our thing was, like, we had pride built up. We didn't want people to see us vulnerable. We didn't want people to think that we had something wrong with us. But breaking through that pride and breaking through that wall and exposing yourself to that vulnerable state is the best decision you can make because it will end up saving your life
0: well i think that's very well put that's uh i, I really like that and um you know great great job it, it's very well written i understand that uh one of the gents from memphis mayfire which is they live kind of right down the street from me some of them in spring hill tennessee uh wh- one of the guys had a hand in this who who helped you guys co-write this wasn't somebody from memphis mayfire
2: yeah kellen from memphis mayfire he's one of the guitar players he actually was able to come into the studio and write that with us in um, one of our producers, Eric Farnell. And so that was really cool because we, we grew up listening to Memphis Mayfair We're like, oh, my word, we're <laughs> writing a song with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and those guys are so hard, kind of like you all. If you didn't mention being Christian, I mean, you wouldn't know it right off the bat because it's so aggressive and, and how deep you uh, you ladies can get your voices. Um, that was my next question, if I could ask, because I know you're young. How old are the three of you?
2: Um, I'm 20. CJ, who's a guitar player, is 21, and Lulu it is. Our baby sister is 17.
0: Rock and roll. That's awesome. And and you got <laughs> you and your uh, guitar. Are you all three uh, uh, leaning on the vocals? Is everybody? Are you mainly lead, and then uh, your sisters help you, or how does that go? Um,
2: me and C J kind of switch back and forth. Um, when we do like live shows and stuff, I I'm the screamer, and so I do most of the like talking from stage. But me and C J will switch back and forth with like clean leads. So it's it's always fun.
0: Cool. And then uh, what's so unique about you all is that I know you know who Chevelle is, you know, same dynamic when they first started, uh, brothers, all three of them, and then a brother-in-law eventually. But uh, uh, that's a lot of talent in one family, the three of you. How, how did it start? What's the origin story of getting this band started? What made you all three decide that this is what you wanted to pursue?
2: So it was actually like something that our parents were really, really involved in, which <laughs> people are always like, Oh, your parents must hate that you're so loud but our parents are actually the ones that kind of birthed the idea and they really wanted us to start music lessons when we turned five because they're very like business oriented people and you know, you know, if you hate it you can quit after two years but it'll help round out your personality. It'll help yeah. you in the business field. Like you could talk to people about music. And we decided that I, I started on Piano and C Day started on Piano and I ended up falling in love with piano. Uh, I still I wish I could uh, play it a lot more. I don't play it as much anymore because I play bass now and working on screaming and writing music. Um, and then Sita ended up kind of hating me. You know? She's like, I hate this. I want to play guitar. That's what I want to do. And they're like, okay, at least you'll be playing an instrument. And when Lou turned f- four and a half, she wasn't even five yet. She's like, you know, I'm not even going to start piano. I just want to let you know I'm going to play the drums. And <laughs> that's the only thing I'm going to do. And my mom was like, nope. We were not doing that because we did not listen to, like, rock music in our house. Our dad was, like, an old 80s metalhead, and that was about it. That's the only, like, rock-type music we knew. And so she brought Lou to the, like, music studio we had taken lessons from, and she was like, okay, they're just going to tell her she's too young, and then that would be that. And the guy came back and was like, this girl's got talent. I want to teach her. I normally do not teach kids this young, but I want to teach her. And so then my dad was like – all into it because he loved like all the hair bands and he's like, you guys can play covers of my favorite songs. It'll be <laughs> so cool. My daughter's going to have like a band. That's so cool. And so we, we did start at just like a cover band and we played a bunch of like skillet songs and like Petra. Cause that was one of my dad's favorite bands when he was like a teenager. And <laughs> so, so we, that's how we started. And um, our guitar teacher was like, you guys need to write some original songs. And we were like seven and we're like, what do you even mean? And so our dad helped us originally, uh, just start, like, writing ideas and start the writing process. And then I think when I turned 15, we put out the uh, Death of Giants EP and the whole, like, our first song and everything, which is really different <laughs> than uh, the new music now. Um, but, yeah, we obviously have to start somewhere. So, yeah, yep. our parents definitely were a really big pushing force, and they they're still super supportive of us now.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, it's important to have uh, the support of your family, I mean, especially if you're
2: pursuing something
0: like this. And that's awesome because, you know, it's it's a great dynamic. And plus, with your family, I mean, you're going to argue that at the end of the day, I think it's easier to keep a band together with family members than than people who are, you know, friends but not really linked in that kind of way. So that's pretty cool. And then um, I had a question, and you already kind of answered it, but do you guys consider yourself Christian like Christian group or Christians in a band or or like is it both
2: um it's kind of both because you know we are all Christians and it's something that we're not afraid to talk about and we say stuff from stage about believing in Jesus and that it's a privilege for everybody in the crowd to be there and you know you don't have to worry about what society tries to place on you you know you can be that child of God but it's also not something we want to force down people's throats and we take that liberty with our music and make it more of a universal message and positive and enlightenment and empowerment. And then at at shows we really try to dive in and talk to people at the merch table. And um, if they have questions, we more than welcome them. And we love having conversations and especially on social media, because a lot of people are more comfortable talking through like private messages or just comments and stuff like that. Um, We really love to do that. And we do like Bible studies with our Patreon members and, so it, it's really more outside of the music that we try to do it. And we do try to keep some of those messages within our music as well. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not, it's, we try to keep it to where we can actually have the conversation because we, we don't want somebody to just be tricked into like feeling like religious type thing. Um, we really want to have that conversation and know where their hearts lie.
0: Awesome. I like it. I'm digging it. Yeah. Cause I agree with you. Um, I'm the same way, being being a Christian man, I I am excited about my love and my faith, and you want to share it, but like you said, you don't want to just, you know, overwhelm somebody with it, so, but you do want to, like, they're there to let you know that, you know, you can discuss it, so that's that's really cool, like, no pressure, but the message is positive. Um, I wanted to bring up, before I got the opportunity to talk to you, I knew that uh, you had a fan in Blaze Rojas, Uh, I'm I'm assuming you guys have a pretty solid uh, connection with him. Um, is he, uh, Do you guys tour with him right now, uh, Spoken or whatever?
2: Um, we actually toured with him when he was – because he's in Seventh-day Slumber. Um, and we, he, they brought us on our first tour in 2017. Um, wow. We did a whole, like, Summer Rockfest tour, and that was, like, our kind of break into, like, touring and everything. And then we did another Summer Rockfest tour with Seventh-day in 2018. Yeah. And so I think Spoken was on that tour, and I think he filled in for Spoken then. And so it's just kind of like been uh, like running into each other through festivals and stuff. And him and his brothers are the first people that we found like our age in like the music world. And so it it was like a kind of an anomaly thing. So we'll play Xbox with them and like we're gaming with them like all the time, which is it's really cool to have somebody your age in the music industry who kind of knows what you're going through. Because it gets kind of strange sometimes when all your friends are like 30 and 40. (laughs)
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, like, like me talking to you now. But anyway, I had a plays. I saw his first professional gig when he was twelve. Okay, and he he slayed that drum set with Seven Day Slumber, his dad's band, and everything. Like he filled in for the the last drummer they had, had, and just watching him play like that, so young. I just knew. I was like, boy, that guy. He's got some talent, and I love that he's still playing. He still has a conviction. He's a great human being, and, uh, you know, I saw him posting about one of you had a birthday or something, and I thought, well, you know, if he's on your side, you couldn't ask for a better human, so that's really (laughs) good.
2: Yeah, we really love their family. We're we're grateful for Joseph Rojas and the chance that he gave us because, you know, we couldn't – we wouldn't really be touring um, if it wasn't for them, so we're we're forever grateful for them.
0: Yeah, what a consistent, great human being he is. I I hosted – a, a charity event uh, here close to where they live in Spring Hill, but well, I live in Columbia, Tennessee, and asked them to, to to play music, and they didn't even question it. They had a free date and just came, rocked the house, and it was just a great night of, uh, you know, fellowship and, um, you know, raised a lot of money for uh, this young girl in high school who did Christmas presents for underprivileged kids and just I've loved them forever, and they just they're, – they're a good core of people. So if they're on your side, that's awesome. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up last time posting about you, a great person. Um, you were talking about touring. How's the touring schedule now? Like, did you have a pause with COVID, or are you guys back at it, or what's the story?
2: Um, we did have a pause last year. We got called, like, in the middle of our tour in March, and we had to go home because we were afraid we were going to get stuck in Texas because they were shutting down everything. Yeah. Um, then in July, we got, I think, like, six shows total we got to play, mm-hmm. and Other than that, we kind of had to do a lot of live stream stuff, which is actually really cool. We had the opportunity to, like, really grow our Twitch. Um, And then as the year kind of went on, we got a few more, like, Florida shows. Um, And so now touring is really starting to pick up. We have a full summer, which is really, really cool. Most of our festivals are still um, slated to be running, which is absolutely crazy because we didn't know if that would happen this year. So we're really excited about that. Um, And we also just did a entire, like, live stream festival that um, our management company, NBR Entertainment, kind of put on, and we had a big hand in, like, helping them get everything booked, and we brought in Relent, and then we played, and then Spoken and played, and it was just this whole, like, big, crazy week of living in a house with, like, 20 people and filming YouTube videos and streaming and going live and then playing the show, and it was just, like, this entire hype house and everything, which is really, really crazy, and we raised a bunch of money for all the bands, which is so cool um yeah. so now we're now we're getting ready to play real life in-person shows which is a lot of fun
0: that's great and that house you were standing in was like a chip and jo- joanna games house like what something something to do with them or something like that
2: i'm not sure it was really close to disney property so it definitely looked like one of those houses where they just come and like remodel everything because it was huge and had all these different like themed rooms
0: <laughs> cool that's cool all right well anyway one more question and i appreciate your time um Let's talk about – see, I am I was a drummer who's turned bass player. I noticed you're you're wailing on a five-string. Is that your axe of choice? And uh, do you use uh, picks or, or do you use straight fingers? What, what's your story when you're jamming?
2: So I started on a four-string, and my guitar teacher at the time when I used to take lessons, they were like, hey, you need to try a five-string. I think that would be really cool. And I was like, are you kidding me? I can barely play a four-string. <laughs> and <laughs> so I went and got a five-string. And so now it's weird going back to four string. I am going to pick a five string every time because I can play like all the low tunings and everything and every song and album and EP release gets lower and lower. So who knows what I'll end up with. Um, But uh, when I tried to learn on pick and everything, I really couldn't do it. And I was just so slow and I was getting so frustrated because I couldn't play any of these songs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. No, it's all right. Um, Uh You you uh, tune because the reason I was asking for that five string you probably are tuning in a lot in drop D, is what I would think.
2: Yeah, so everything we started was drop D and then it started going to drop C. The lot of the recent stuff is in drop B and where were you and taking over and I think bones are in drop A now. So wow. they're really like tuning really low. So it, it helps having the thicker strings and now I'm playing with my fingers a lot so I can do all the runs and everything and I really want to learn how to start doing like slot based stuff which is it's always like really intrigued me but i'm kind of a little nervous to start that so i've been just really relying on my fingers to play a lot
0: groovy yeah well as a as a uh, bass player in training I, I really appreciate your skills and that's awesome well maggie um if you come locally to the national area we will be there to uh to cheer for you we'll be the uh old people in the back but uh, <laughs> positively And that wraps up another edition of the Josh Belcher-hosted Uncharted Podcast, award-winning Uncharted Podcast. Uh, my mom gave me a gold sticker one time. She said I was doing a good job, so I consider that an award. Special thanks to my guests, Dave Herrera. Thank you for the time. And Maggie from GFM, the rock band, the beauty core band. We want to most importantly, thank you, the listener, for taking the time. Because without you, there'd be no reason to do this. I would just be talking to myself like a senile, old, crazy person. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you. And remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Stay tuned next week for another thrilling edition. Same uncharted place, uncharted channel. And we'll do
2: it again. All right, later, everybody.